sisters hope this day finds you well i was thinking you know with all the data that's coming out with you know regarding the new variant and you know the unv the v breakthrough infections how are they counting are they counting them all of these things and i realized that you know i haven't really heard anybody really talk about what i want to know and that is how many people who were previously infected and recovered are now getting the, the Delta variant? How many people who previously were infected and recovered are being hospitalized? Or how many of them are, are now like within that population? How many fatalities are we seeing with the recovered but unveed up? Right? Because I don't really hear anybody talking about that. <clears throat> Once again, if you've had it already, you recovered, you're unveed, you got reinfected, how does that look? Were you reinfected by, by the same strain? Was it the Delta variant? And if so, were the symptoms more mild? Or were you hospitalized? Was it worse? Or were there fatalities? I don't really hear anybody you know, asking about those things. Right? I'm sure that there has to be. I can't be the only one wondering about it, but I just don't see <clears throat> you know, little cool little charts that people are making about how many people are, are you know, in the hospital and how many of them are unveed and how many are veed and that kind of stuff. You really see that, right? Which we know just the way that it's being put out, there's, there's this biased slant towards people who, who've chosen to exercise their, their free will and their, and, and their liberty. They're kind of getting villainized, right? Um, which is, which is this, uh, you know, that's absurdly evil. Um, you know, even on its face, we either believe in liberty or we don't. And I believe in liberty. So, but I don't, but that's neither here nor there. I'm just wondering like, where are those numbers at? And so what I want to do was, I haven't looked it up yet. I want to look it up and bring you guys along with me to see if we can find some information here. Now I'm looking, I'm using a DuckDuckGo. That's, that's pretty much my go-to. Um, and then I'm on the, the Brave uh, internet browser as opposed to um, Safari or Chrome or even Firefox. I'm on Brave and then I'm using DuckDuckGo instead of Google, which is probably the standard. So let's check this out. So the biggest thing when I'm starting to, to find stuff out is I've noticed that it's going to come down to how you word it. So sometimes I, I may have to word it a couple different ways in order to, to, to see what pops up. Now, what I have noticed is that whenever you're asking anything about C-19, the very first thing that pops up is vaccines are safe, you know, do vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. That's usually the first thing. I don't know why. Maybe you can tell me. Well, I, I, have, I have my suspicions, but, <laughs> but I find that interesting. So let's, let's see here. Um, um, how, let's try this out. How many... COVID-19 recovered or getting the Delta variant. Let's see what that does. Let's see. Delta variants. 
we know about the science from the CDC. Delta variant, eight things you should know. Let's see, more COVID variants are likely to come. Um, this is out of UC Davis, EDU. The Delta variant is currently the most prominent strain, but the Lambda variant out of South America is also emerging, okay? If you had COVID-19, can you get the Delta variant? It's not really what I was asking, but that's a little, that's closer. The Delta variant is breaking records and clobbering. Let's see, five things to know about the Delta variant, COVID-19's Delta variant, what you need to know, the Delta variant more contagious and more severe. Um, upgrade Delta variant's risk level due to reinfection. Let's see, some figures showed how many people in hospital with the Delta variant have had one or both doses of a COVID. So this is about if you're already read up. I wanna know if you've recovered though. People with previous COVID-19, let's see, doctors say previous. Doctors say previous, say people with previous C19 infections should get vaccinated as Delta variant spread. No, that's not what I'm asking. Um, out of CNBC, let's see, the Delta variant was first detected in India last October and it led to a massive second wave. Hmm. What do you need to know? Five things. Is breaking records. If you've had COVID-19, can you? Let's check this out. Just to see. This isn't exactly um, what I was asking, but let's just take a look real quick. So the very first thing I'd like to see is, you know, when it was written. So this was written uh, last month here. I know you guys can't see it, it's a bit cut off, but it was written July 9th, 2021. And then it says fact checked by Michael. Um, I can't really pronounce his last name, Crescioni, uh, Crescione. Um, that doesn't make me feel like more confident. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I don't need some disclaimer that it's been fact-checked. <laughs> That's assuming, this literally, it, 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 what it's insinuating is that unless something like this is on there, then you should just, it, it's not credible. And that's just not how this is supposed to work. That it has to have some random fact checker, check it, random fact checking company seal of approval. Like, but the fact checking companies that go through a seal of approval. Now, if they did that, then maybe, but who's, who's checking on these fact checkers? Anyway, that's neither here nor there. So can you get the Delta variant? Those who previously had COVID-19 may wonder how strongly they are protected from. Let's see, natural immunity does in many cases protect people from reinfection. And when they do occur, they tend to be mild. Due to the unknown, some experts are advising people who have had COVID-19 to get one dose of the, to get one dose to boost their antibody levels. Okay, so this is just talking about recommendations. I don't really see any hard evidence here, any hard studies. This is just opinion here. This, the CDC announced this week that Delta is now the most dominant variant in the United States, accounting for approximately 51% of all new cases. So now this brings up a question. If it's the most dominant variant, that tells me that there's more variants, but they're not as dominant. Like how many, how many strains out there are there? How many variants? And it's just Delta and Lambda that have the cool names. <laughs> anyway, that's not really it, right? So like I was saying, sometimes you gotta put in different words. So let's go with, um, let's see how many, let's try COVID-19 reinfections. Let's just go here first and let's see. Reinfection rates among patients who previously tested. Let's see what this says. 
This is coming out of Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. Reinfection rates among patients who previously tested positive COVID-19 retrospective cohort study. So this is a study. This is March though, of March 15, 2021. So this is why I look at the dates because right now the variant is really surging where in March it was not, right? So this isn't really gonna tell me what I wanna know in regards to um, the relationship with uh, hospitalizations, fatalities, um, with people who are, who are possibly getting reinfected by the Delta who or not dosed up, who, you know, who aren't uh, V'd up at all. So that doesn't really tell me, but this is so interesting. So our take, see study design, retrospective cohort study population and setting, summary of main findings, okay, study strength, see. Let's look at the summary of main findings. Overall, 612,611 tests were conducted among 386,336 people with an overall positivity rate of 9.9% during the study period. Before August 30, 39.9% and that's uh, N equals 150,325 um, patients were tested and included in the analysis of these 8,845, 5.9% tested positive and 141,480 or 94.1% tested negative after 90 days. Okay, so after three months, 1,278 positive patients were retested and 63 were identified as possible reinfections, 4.9%. Of these, 31 were symptomatic, so that's 49.2. The average time to reinfection was 138.9 days, seeing that it gives a range 90.2 to 294.9 days. I mean, that's, that's a pretty big range though. <laughs> um, protection from reinfection due to prior infection was estimated at 81.8%, huh, and 84.5% against symptomatic infection. Protection was lowest at four to five months and greatest at eight months after initial infection. Huh, that's interesting. So we had greater protection as time went on. And it's interesting that they use the eight month mark because I just had, uh, I just got tested for antibodies. I had uh, C19 in uh, December 19th, I was diagnosed of last year. And so I tested it actually last week and you know, that would put me you know, if we're looking at uh, months, like right around what they're talking about here, and I still have the antibodies in my system. So that's interesting right there. Huh, I like this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna save this link here. So this is how I research, this is what I do. So I'm gonna save that link, and I have a research folder, and I'm gonna put that in there, and I'm gonna go through this study uh, a bit more later. So that's how I do it, but that, that's very, very promising, meaning you know, if we round up, we're looking at uh, 82% and 85%, um, 85% for the, uh, against symptomatic infection, and then uh, the 82% um, with the prior infection. Well, I'm rounding up 81.8 and then 84.5. But that's, that's pretty good. So far, I mean, we gotta, you have to understand this is all novel, right? So it's not like they're gonna have years of research behind, but, and it's coming out of Johns Hopkins, so, um, Johns Hopkins has proven to, to not be, as far as what I've seen, they're not, you know, with the verbiage that they use, they're not really biased one way or the other too much. As far as what I've seen, like if you look at their COVID map, you know, the info's just there, all the numbers are there. So John, Johns uh, Hopkins is, you know, definitely like if, you know, I throw in the Mayo Clinic as well, obviously these are gonna be reputable uh, institutions with, um, with a good track record. So. Um, I like, 
I like this. I think this is very promising. I didn't know this. I think that this would be good to, to tell people. I think CNN and Fox and CSNBC and NBC and ABC, they should be telling people this, right? This is like very hopeful numbers to be 82 and 85% respectively. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool there. So <clears throat> that's not what I wanted though. Uh, so how many COVID-19 reinfections are hospitalized? Let's try that. Let's add that on there. See what that does. A reinfections, a global health threat that's coming out of uh, NCBI or basically NIH. Uh, reinfections of COVID-19 after natural infection. Um, that's kind of what the other one was. Let's look at them. Let's see what this says here. This is World Science Social World Socialist website. Reinfection World Socialist website. Okay. Um, no. Reinfections of COVID-19 after natural infection or vaccination. This was April 26th of this year. Hmm. On April 5th, Bridge, Michigan reported that 246 fully vaccinated people in Michigan were later infected with the coronavirus, including 11 hospitalized and three who died. A spokesperson from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services was quoted by Bridge, Michigan a week later that the deaths have since undergone a more detailed review and all three had histories of earlier infections before vaccination. Moreover, neither COVID-19 nor any other acute respiratory infection was identified on the TRIO's death certificate. Huh. Vaccinations have shown to be safe and highly effective at reducing hospitalization and death. Recently, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reported that out of 75 million people that had been fully vaccinated, there had been 5,800 reported infections, of which 396 required hospitalizations. Okay. That's interesting. Um, some of the way that this is presented conflicts with some other information that I've found. Um, and I'm very, very weary uh, today because any, any verbiage that kind of helps to support the prevailing narrative, I'm kind of weary of. So I'd have to look into this a, a, bit, a bit more, but that's not what I wanted. Let's see, fact check, COVID-19 surge overwhelms hospitals beyond, yeah, USA Today, yeah. Whenever I see fact check, my stomach just turns. It, that means absolutely nothing to me. It actually means the opposite. When I see fact check, I, I know that I have to dive into it deeper. I gotta look closer. <laughs> Not, doesn't reassure me at all, at all. See, already had it, experts say you still need to get, yeah, that's still USA Today. Yeah, USA Today's, they're biased. <laughs> I mean, that's just the way that is. They just are. Um, only 50 people are known to have contracted COVID-19. Try going to more than once. What is this? Market watch. So this is February 25th. It was updated February 25th, first published on the 19th. Anthony Fauci recently said that the South African variant may put people at high risk of infection. Okay. What's this headline? Only 50 people are known to have contracted COVID-19 more than once, but new strains have medical experts on high alert. Hmm. See, I, I like to know where they're getting their numbers from, right? Even though, you know, this, what they're saying falls more in line with, with I could basically use this headline to support my hypothesis. I still can't just believe it just because it, 
it seems on the surface to support what I want to know or what, what I believe anyway. So you got to watch yourself. It's very easy to fall into that trap because I like to know where they're getting this research. Where are these numbers from? With only 50 people are known to have contracted. I mean, that's very, very promising, right? If you look at, at the number of people um, globally who've gotten it, and then you look at even the United States, how many people have gotten it, right? In the millions, if only 50 people out of all that um, contracted it more than once, that, but obviously this is February, so this is before the surge of, of variants, obviously, but that's, that's really promising, right? If it's true, but I have to look into it deeper. Um, let's see here, there are about 60 confirmed cases of reinfection globally. That's far less than 1% of the 112 million coronavirus cases reported around the world. Huh. That's pretty legit. I got to go into this deeper. I'm going to save this one too. I got to look at those numbers, see where they're, see if they give any, um, any uh, references to the studies that they're pulling this information from. Make sure that they're not just talking out of their backsides, right? But that's, that's pretty interesting, right? I don't know how they can go from only 50 people and then right here. That's why I got to dive in deeper than it says there. There are about 50 confirmed. So, you know, got to watch that. I don't know what that means, but we'll dive into that. How common is COVID-19 reinfection? This still doesn't tell me what I want to know. Uh, this right here, COVID-19 reinfections are rare. How common is COVID-19 infection? Doctors weigh in. COVID-19 natural immunity compared to vaccine-induced. Is it possible to be diagnosed with COVID-19 twice? What we can glean from, okay, that's not telling me anything. How many COVID-19 reinfection, reinfection? How about reinfection fatalities? Fatalities. This is gonna be my last, my last try, and then I'll go ahead and let you guys go. But this is what I go through, right? This is it's not easy. To, to find stuff. You think it would just be simple, like there'd be somebody out there making, you know, counting these things. And I think I pretty, I spelled it out pretty well. And you see what I'm saying? Like this stuff doesn't pop up just, you know, initially. I see reduced risk of reinfection with SARS-CoV-2 after COVID-19. This is coming from the CDC. So not what I wanna know, but CDC is who we're supposed to be listening to. So I try to see what they're saying for sure. When they give me just data, when it's straight data, I love the CDC. But when they get to, to basically sliding from, you know, disseminating just data that they're tracking and data that's being reported in, mind you, I'm sure it's not 100%, but I mean, what else are you gonna do, right? You, you gotta, you need something. So when, when they have like the data, Breaking, broken down by age, comorbidities, all that kind of stuff. I'm loving the CDC. But as soon as they slide over into, you can tell they're kind of just a little bit more of that political uh, machine has kind of taken over them. Um, and it's been made obvious by the decisions that they've made um, being influenced by, you know, teachers unions and, and things of that nature. Uh, science can't be influenced by opinion. That's not science, right? You can have an opinion and then you use science actually to you know, support it or to, to, you know, pick it apart, but reduce risk of reinfection with SARS-CoV-2 after COVID-19 vaccination. Okay. Kentucky, May to June, 2021. Okay. So this is, this is, um, about just being vaccinated. Okay. So that's not what I'm looking for. 
Less than 1% of COVID-19 patients, let's see what this is. Less than 1% of COVID-19 patients experience reinfection. Okay, this is June 28th, 2021. This is Physicians Weekly. Okay, still not what I'm looking for. Um, I don't see any links here. I love when articles provide the links to the information that they pulled from, right? Because they should want people to, to basically, you know, be able to, they, they want to be able to corroborate their findings. And so they want you to know these things. And so it shouldn't be hard to, to find them, you know? But once again, if this is true, I'd have to dive into it, but if this is true, less than 1%, and this is June, you know, June 28th, um, Monday, June 28th, although at the bottom here, it says uh, June 29th. So this was just released, uh, you know, a day after, but that was pretty recent. I still think it missed the Delta surge really. Um, so I'd have to dive into it, but it's still not what I'm looking for, right? It's good info though. And I think I will save this one to my research notes too, to uh, look into that later. So we'll do that. And that's good. Okay. New CJ data shows COVID-19 reinfection risk double. What is this? New CDC data. This is August 6th. So this is this was this month. Getting the vaccine is the best way. New CDC data shows COVID-19 reinfection risk double for unvaccinated people. Really? Let's see. Oh, there's a study. CDC study of 246 people in Kentucky who were reinfected with the coronavirus that causes COVID-19 between May and June found that those who were unvaccinated had 2.34 times the odds of reinfection compared with those who were fully vaccinated. The researchers also found that vaccines prevented teen-related hospitalizations among the highest risk age groups. Just real quick, okay? This is the kind of stuff that, to me, this is biased. This is basically just trying to push people to get vaccinated, right? because this is, just wanna point this out and I, I promise I'll let you go, is that look at how this is worded. A CDC study of a 246 people, that's not a lot of people, in Kentucky who were reinfected with SARS-CoV-2, the coronavirus that causes COVID-19, like we don't know, between May and June found that those who were, who were unvaccinated had 2.34 times the odds of reinfection compared with those who were fully vaccinated. Now this is of the 246 people, which is not a very large group, but 2.34 times odds, right? These are just two times, like the, it's, these are odds, <laughs> right? So you gotta keep that in mind. It's not two, three, 2.34%. These are just odds, right? I like something a little bit more precise than just the odds. But then in the next paragraph, the researchers also found that vaccines prevented COVID-19 related hospitalizations among the highest risk age groups. Now, are they still talking about the 246? Or are they talking, did they change the subject? because anybody reading this would just assume that they're talking about the 246. Within the 246, vaccines prevented COVID-19 related hospitalizations among the highest risk age groups. But in the 246, they didn't tell you what the age groups were. They didn't tell you if they were high risk or low risk. Do you see what I'm saying? That's a manipulation. They know what they're doing. 
people just don't write these things and just put them out. They get edited, they get reviewed. This was done on purpose. It is a manipulation. And I see it all the time with, with these articles and that's how I know where to put them. Okay, you're biased. You're just, you're not trying to give people information. You're trying to steer them a particular way. Okay, um, let's see, I just wanna read a little bit further. As cases, hospitalizations and deaths rise, the data reinforce that COVID-19 vaccines are the best way to prevent COVID. So they just want you to take the vaccine. Because now, now they've, they've, they've jumped, they've changed the subject again. Just in three paragraphs, now they're talking about cases and hospitalizations and deaths rising. Within the 246 that we're talking about here, because this is where the study is. Look at the, look at the headline. The new CDC data shows COVID-19 reinfection risk double from vaccinated people. That's what this article is supposed to be about. This right here has it, here's your study, right here in blue, and then after that, they're not talking about this headline at all. Do you see that? They're talking about vaccines prevented, hospitalizations, and, and, and um, among high-risk age groups. Has nothing to do with, with the title of this article. And then the cases and hospitalizations and deaths rise, data reinforces, yeah, get the vaccine. COVID-19 vaccines remain safe and effective. They prevent severe illness, hospitalization, and death. And the 246 that we're talking about right here with the study, or are we talking about something else now? <laughs> you shifted, you didn't let me know. You, you turned left and you didn't give me a heads up. Right, and, and they say it remains safe and effective. There's not enough data. I, I've, I said this repeatedly. There's not enough data to say that they are safe and effective and there's not enough data to say that they're not safe and effective this is novel there's simply not enough data to make that claim definitively i'm sure that they hope that it is it's an aspiration but you cannot say that it is or isn't because you don't have the data to support it if we're using the scientific method and this is novel and we know that the science has been changing and growing and evolving how can you make that claim Honestly, so this is either an aspiration or they're lying. But anyway, I didn't get a chance to really find what I was looking for. I'm gonna have to keep digging, but I just wanted to kind of take you down the rabbit hole with me of what it looks like when I'm trying to research something and trying to find something. And it's not easy. It's not easy at all, but it's worth it because just in the research, you start to see certain patterns pop up when you're looking for one thing and you keep getting pushed towards something else, you kind of go, why do they keep pushing me there? Or you get to look at all these different articles and you're like, okay, I'm seeing a pattern pop up with this and the verbiage and whatnot. Or when, and I've said this before, when I'm researching and I can pull up a particular page on something and maybe there's 20 articles or 20 links on there and out of the 20, 19 of them all support one thing. And that to me, with all the people that have access to the internet in the world, that that many people are agreeing on one topic is, is highly improbable, right? You would expect to see articles for, articles against, studies for, studies against, and just kind of going back and forth. And so that I always find interesting too. That's why it's really important to research. And I know you guys got jobs and kids and all kinds of stuff, but you cannot leave it to other people and just believe that they have your best interest at heart. That just isn't wise, not in today's climate, not with everything that you can see going on. 
You can't leave it in somebody else's hands just because they say, hey, I got you, I got your back. You know, I, I never steer you the wrong way. You know, I care about you. You know, I'm all about the welfare of, of human beings and, and the security of our family. And you know that we're about the kids and we wanna make sure that they say, you just because they say it, you have to look at the actions, right? Look at the results of action. Just because they say it does not mean it's true. So it's gonna fall to you. That's the price of liberty. That's the price of freedom, is that you're accountable for your choices. And you can't blame somebody else if you made a choice based on information that you got and the choice ended up having an adverse effect to your, to your life. You can't go, oh, well, it's their fault. I mean, you can, right? But you have to hold yourself accountable too for your place in it. Because you, you, you now can go and search right here. I call this my pocket brain. You can research yourself really, really quickly. Okay. All right. And that's the best way as we're moving through the darkness to turn on that light. You guys be well.